Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Welcome to Mother's Day. If you're not a mum in the natural today, I would really encourage you not to tune out because we are called to be spiritual parents in so many ways as we walk in our discipleship journey. Things are going to be a little bit different today. I'm going to, during the preach, stop at different points and pray. So just give you a heads up. So don't think three minutes in, oh, we're finishing early. That's good. (laughs) Let's pray. Today we celebrate Mother's Day, a day to honour and appreciate the the women who have nurtured and cared for us throughout our lives. As Christians, we know that motherhood is a sacred calling and we are grateful for the love and sacrifice that our mothers have shown us. Well, we know this day can be difficult if we have separated in some way from our mothers or mother figures or if they have passed and we feel that whole loss or grief. And sometimes there can be painful memories and associations. Maybe there are unmet expectations certain dysfunctions that we've seen in relationships, regret, a sense of disappointment. We pause and we consider that our parents probably tried to do their best with what they had available to them, whether that be experience, upbringing, education, resources or emotional health. And Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a good God, a good Father, and that you love us unconditionally with a purity and strength like no other. I lift up your beautiful sons and daughters here today and pray that your Holy Spirit would bring comfort and love to each one, healing and peace, and ears to hear what you would say to each one of us uniquely today. We thank you for that you sent your son Jesus not only to die for our sins so that we could have complete access to you as our Heavenly Father, but that he also came to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. We pray that as we hear your word today that we will receive that healing and peace. And pray that you would also give us grace to show to others as we would want others to display that towards us. We acknowledge that we are all human and all work in progress on the potter's wheel and endeavouring to be growing from glory to glory into the likeness of our Heavenly Father. We ask this today in your name. Amen. Amen. In Proverbs 31, we read about the virtuous woman who is described as a wife and a mother who is strong, wise and compassionate. She's a woman who fears the Lord and who works hard to care for her family and serve her community. She's often held up as this woman that we attain to. But I'll just be really honest with you. I used to really dislike this woman. I found her intimidating, sometimes frustrating. I mean, how does this woman do all the things that she is doing? She is sewing, she is knitting, she's importing food and preparing food, she's feeding the community, buying and selling real estate, planting vineyards, working out with awesome biceps. Now, I'm using some preaching license here because it says she works vigorously and her arms are strong, so I'm just putting that one in. She's running businesses, caring for the poor, making clothes for her family, doing the covers and linen, and she is never idle. 
and she has worked on her character. She's clothed with strength and dignity, laughs at the days to come, speaks with wisdom, gives great advice, and is well spoken of by everyone. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. Is it any wonder that I find her a bit much? I mean, how can I live up to this example, be all these things? I just can't, I'm falling short. Well, firstly, she had servants, hello. Not really an option this day and age. But also, she's actually a representation of a Christian throughout different stages of their life. We may be able to do and have all these things, but not have them do them all at once and all at the same time. You know, we know in our life there are seasons. There's seasons for being home with babies and kids. Sometimes we experience sickness and challenges. There's seasons of studying and working. There's seasons of really, not balancing, but rather juggling as we're trying to fit it all in and keep all the balls in the air, so to speak. And there's a time and a season and a grace for each one of these seasons. So this passage also reminds us that motherhood is not just a biological function, but a spiritual calling that requires dedication, sacrifice, faith, and loads of wisdom. So as we honour our mothers today, we also remember the many women in our lives who have served as spiritual mothers to us and many of you here today. These may be grandmothers, aunts, sisters, or friends who have shown us love, guidance, and support. They may not have given birth to us, but they have nurtured our souls and helped us grow in our faith journey. The church is a family. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ, and we're all called to love and care for one another. We're called to support and love each other, pray for each other, and to encourage one another. And Jesus called us his disciples, which means followers of him, lifelong learners, and we are called in turn to disciple others to mentor and guide, it's like parenting. And this occurs as a in a discipleship community as we are in today. As Melissa and I share some thoughts and experiences this afternoon, even if you're not a mum, as such, you can take hold of the principles, spiritual and practical things that we're sharing today because they're relevant to our Christian walk and how we, how we are disciples and then in turn how we make disciples as part of God's family, his church. So Steve and I have known Melissa and Graham White for over 20 years. And we have had the pleasure many times to work alongside Melissa from ministering in life kids together with our kids, even from babies. We had like Lockie a toddler and, and Murdoch who's here craw crawling around from newborn babies and toddlers, and we've watched them grow right up to beautiful young adults. And now Melissa's been coming and worshipping with us and worship leading on Sunday at QB with us after all these years too. We've shared many meals with them in their home where the kids have been there and there's always so much love and fun. And it's been a delight watching them grow up. We really admire them and they're here today too, which is a nice bonus. We wanted this to share her parenting testimonies so that you could hear what some things that were challenging, what things worked, what they faced, and let it be an encouragement to you. So please welcome Melissa as she comes now. Wow, look at all your beautiful faces out there. I'm so glad I've got so 
so many friends here too, it's great. I'm not scared now, see? Um, I've titled it This Mother's Heart, so this is uh, my testimony, as Nicole said, and you, you will no doubt know, as all of you, I'm not perfect, alright, so I didn't get everything right. Um, so I come from a Christian background. My parents became Christians in the 1980s, um, and so that's when I started um, going to Sunday school. And since then, my siblings and I grew up in the church. And I met my husband, Graham, um, in church. And then we together had three children. There's Gemma, she's 22, Callum, 21, and Murdoch, 14. Um, from the age of about 12, um, I had a real desire in my heart to become a mother. Not at 12, but I knew. <laughs> Later on, I really wanted, that was a real um, something really strong in my heart that I really wanted to be a mum. And so in my 20s, um, well, Graham and I got married earlier. In my 20s, um, I had two children and I absolutely loved being a mum to my two kids. I found it satisfying and rewarding. I wanted to be the best mum I could be. I spent as much time as I could with them. Um, didn't let them out of my sight very much. Didn't get them babysat very often. And I was probably known as a helicopter parent as one that's hovering around all the time, giving them no space. Sorry, guys. Um, we attended and loved um, church, and I was often in nursery, on the nursery roster, and we also attended a terrific connect group, and things were going well. Um, but then Graham was working every Saturday, and we started taking off some Sundays now and again so that we could spend time together and do some activities with the kids, and it was good. Everything was fine. Um, after, after a while, instead of it being the occasional Sunday here and there that we'd take off, um, it became we're spending more time away from church than we were at church. And um, on a Sunday morning, we'd be like, oh, should we go to church today or should we do something else? Um, and that's, that's the space that we were in. And a day came when I felt convicted about my own commitment to the church and my walk with the Lord. Um, so Graham and I had a discussion about this and we decided that we needed to change and be intentional about attending church and prioritising in our family's life. Because if we didn't, how would our children know that it was important to us? So for me, not attending church was actually reflecting my heart attitude um, and I was valuing things, other things more highly than I was valuing um, the presence of God. And I was actually blocking myself and my family from some of the things that God wanted um, for us. So attending church is not about ticking a box, all right? It's not about being religious. It's not about pleasing other people. Um, church is about giving. It's giving rightful honour and worship to our Lord. It's about giving of our God-given gifts to build up those around us. Um, it's about giving our tithe um, to advance the kingdom of God. And it's giving our time to serve in the house of God. Church is also about receiving. Receiving joy and blessings and healing and forgiveness and freedom and the peace of God as we come into his presence. We receive teaching and instruction through speakers of his word. And we receive encouragement and friendship through interactions with others in the congregation. My heart echoes David's heart in Psalm 84, where it is written, and I've just chosen the verses I wanted. One, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. Two, 
My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. And 10. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And my heart is for my children to feel this way too. To choose to give of themselves in the ways of worship and service to the Lord and to receive all the joy, blessings, healing, forgiveness, freedom and peace of God and all that God has for them and life to the full. So, what have been some of the ways that we as parents have gone about fulfilling this desire for our children to know the Lord in their lives? In the younger years, we studied Growing Kids God's Way, which was a course, and we took them to regularly to kids' church. Um, we modelled servanthood by serving in kids' church with Nicole and Steve. Um, for 20-odd years we did that um, and loved it. We recited and learned memory verses with them to plant the word of the Lord deep in their hearts. Uh, we prayed with them every night before going to bed and we spent time doing family devotions. Once they grew older, we sent them to youth group and youth conferences and camps where they could have God encounters in a season of their young lives where they may be searching for identity and purpose and meaning. Graham and I looked for a connect group where teens would be welcome and where we could gain wisdom from other parents um, at the same stage of life as ourselves. And to my disappointment, there wasn't one, and I mentioned it to Pastor Ben. Ben, we need a connect group for parents of teens. And he said, that's right, why don't you and Graham start one? So then I was like, oh, oh, wasn't expecting that. But it was a great solution to the problem that we had. Um, and I had to broach that with Graham very gently because I was thinking, oh, how's he going to feel about this? Um, and we did that. And it was actually one of the most valuable things that we've done for our own spiritual lives and for those of our kids. So we have formed really good connections and relationships and we've gleaned wisdom and wise counsel and we've given and received prayer to support one another's families. And our kids developed um, friendships, a deeper friendship with um, a bunch of kids who they had not previously connected so well with. Uh, and this connect group has been such a blessing, of, uh, such a source of blessing like you wouldn't believe. And after six years, we're still meeting regularly and praying for one another's families for different struggles that go on in each of our lives. Um, to have people's prayer support for your family is so overwhelmingly powerful as you go through um, the challenges. Another way which we have connected and um, having a sense of belonging into our church, so we attend C3 Hepburn Heights in the morning, okay, just so you know. Um, we invest time into our church. We invest money into our church, into the kids' church program. Um, my daughter and I are in the worship kids' worship team together, and she and my youngest son and also Graham help in the running of the kids' program with all sorts of things. And it's actually good for us to feel valuable and for each of us to use the gifts that the Lord has given to us. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 12.25 in the Message Version says, The way God designed our bodies 
is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part, the parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see and the parts we don't. I love to see our kids flourish as they play the parts that the Lord has designed for them to be in the body of Christ. And I think the most important thing that Graham and I can do to see our children carry on in their relationship with the Lord and dwell in his house is to pray. We continually pray for their futures. We declare scripture over them, like Jeremiah 29:11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. We pray for their growth and strength in the face of adversity. We don't pray that they will never have any trouble because we know it's going to happen. So we pray for strength and hope. We pray for the right people to come into their lives um, with friendships and with guidance. We pray for success in their careers. Um, we pray for Christian partners who will grow in Christ with them. Uh, we pray for real and intimate experiences with their creator God and they would always know his love. And we pray that they will long for the courts of the Lord all their days. So maybe this has been relevant for you, if you have children, or maybe you're in a totally different season or situation to me. But I pray that these words from my heart will stir up your heart, a love for the house of God, and a desire to be in his presence, to value what you can receive from being in church and the blessing you can gain by giving of yourself at church for others' sakes. And I'd love it if we can pray. If you close your eyes, please. Oh Lord, let our hearts and the hearts of our children and grandchildren be like those of David, longing for your presence and for the courts of the Lord. It is in you alone, Lord, that we can experience the very best and fullest of life. Let us value this privilege of being free to come into church without persecution, O Lord. Let us build one another up as we use the giftings you have given to each of us. Let us seek you all the days of our lives. And Lord, we pray for those of our children or grandchildren that are far from you. Lord, the seeds that are sown in times past, that they would be watered and come to bear fruit. And let them seek you, Lord, and let them find you. Amen. Amen. Please thank Melissa. Wasn't that great? So much wisdom there. It's interesting because as Melissa shared her testimony, it really stood out to me that probably without realising it, she described discipleship and what it means to put into practice our church vision, our purpose circle. So we've got, I think there are a slide there of those. And it's really interesting, we've got Jesus in the, in the centre there. And from her vulnerability in sharing that their family focus at one time had gradually slipped from um, Jesus in the centre to recreation and even family, to coming together and being intentional again, engaging and participating in a discipleship community where all these things are a part of it and we're encouraged and modelled. We're called as parents and as disciples, pastors and leaders to model and lead by example and to strive to live a life that is consistent with and aligned with biblical values and teaching. 
And it's in discipleship community in church that we hear the truth of the Word of God, the Bible, and how we are to live out our Christian walk. We prayed and prayed, we pray and we prayed for, we're encouraged, we're exhorted, and we become part of a family. And I love that Melissa's family shifted focus, realigned, and made the adjustments needed, and they were planted so solidly in the house of God. And Melissa described her involvement as a helicopter parent, but it was actually being watchful and prayerful. And Colossians 4.2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And as you heard, prayer is such a key component of our, our purpose circle. And there's nothing like having kids to pull us down onto our knees and get us praying. Am I right? Especially when our kids start learning to drive. Oh my goodness, I don't think I've prayed so much in my life. But there's so many experiences like that where we just know all we can do is pray. It's very important. Let's pray now. Heavenly Father, may we always be aware and intentional to put Jesus at the centre. Not to be distracted by so many things that can shift our focus and dedication. We pray we would always return to our first love of Jesus. Let a desire rise up in each of us to intentionalise prayer and fellowship with you, Jesus, but also to be gathering together in our discipleship prayer community to pray and uphold one another to see breakthrough and answers to prayer. Amen. <laughs> we need to know God's word, the truth, the Bible. We have to be aware that there's an enemy who is looking to take out our kids. There's pressure all around us to be conforming to the world, but we're not called to conform to the world, but to be transformed and to have our mind renewed not living with humanistic values. You do you, you know, self in the middle, it's all about you and all your self-care. We can see in parenting, the child is in the, in the centre and we're asking them, what do they want? And we're giving children, just giving them, making them make decisions. So they don't have the experience and the knowledge and the wisdom and the discernment that you have the education. These are humanistic views and values that are coming through. They don't line up with the Word of God, but we need to know the Word of God to be able to discern and to do that. Yeah. Your children and spiritual babies, they will choose self every time. That's not God's way. It's our job to be aware and to have wisdom and discernment. Does your parenting advice line up with God's values? Such an important thing. James 1.5 says, If any lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously, not just a tiny bit, to all without finding fault. He's not judging. God, oh, you don't know what to do in this situation. Seriously, I'm not going to help you this time. He doesn't judge. And it says, it will be given to you. Not probably or maybe or if you tick the right boxes. It will be given to you. Now listen to this, the next verse is often quoted out of context, you know, not to be double-minded, but it's actually written in regard to asking for wisdom. So read it through the eyes of this. Verse 6, but when you ask, so when you ask for wisdom, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea 
blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So when we ask for wisdom and receive it from God, we then need to put it into practice and not waver. Trust God and pray for his wisdom that's unique for your family. Discernment for parenting once you hear it. Um, Don't be double-minded. Put it into practice and don't waver or conform. We have to make the tough decisions sometimes as parents and as leaders. And I tell you, people won't like it. Kids won't like it. It requires some crucial conversations, you know, those uncomfortable ones. Some boundaries being established that are biblical but not appreciated by our kids. There's been times when we haven't allowed our kids to do things that apparently everybody else is allowed to do. (laughs) Though, being in a discipleship community, we knew that wasn't the case with our group of friends. (laughs) But we stood by what we believed, even though we didn't win any popular contests with our kids, especially in the teenage years. (laughs) For me, this is a daily request in all areas of my life. I need his godly wisdom every area of my life, especially in parenting, both naturally and spiritually. So let's do that now, let's pray. What areas do you need God's wisdom and discernment in right now? Lord, we ask for wisdom. We thank you that you give it generously. Let us hear and put into practice without doubting or compromising. Give us the strength to not keep the peace or try to be friends rather than parents. Waver on conform, give in to nagging or other forces. But let us hear from you and put those things into place. Amen. The Bible says in Hebrews 12.1, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. <laughs> Your parents used to say when they gave you a spank, this is hurting me more than it's hurting you. I don't think so. But I think when you get to be a parent, you actually realise how hard that is to do to take those steps because you don't want to do it, but you know that there's good fruit that comes from it. Um, so says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained in it. So is it any wonder that we see a generation of people living ungodly lifestyles who have no peace? They haven't been loved enough by people who would challenge them and discipline them, bring them to account. You know, pastors, leaders, disciples, sometimes friends, like iron sharpening iron, must have those bring correction when necessary. We must be willing to confront sin and wrongdoing and work to help them overcome their struggles, not be afraid of those difficult, crucial conversations. Our son Tom surprised us at his wedding a few years ago when he was giving a speech and he said, um, a word I would use to describe my mum is kindness. I thought, oh, this is interesting. And he said, do you know what kindness can look like Tom, when you make that choice, you act in that way, it's actually selfish and affects others. He said that he had the realisation that the challenges had helped shape him. 
and it's nice to have that acknowledged, right? It was just like, oh wow, I've waited 20 something years to have it. <laughs> Having those, those tough conversations and not just letting him get away with that in every area, but to go, no, that's not God's way, we're not selfish. We're thinking of others, walking beside them and who's coming behind us. It's not all about us. And we don't want to be trying to conform to the world's ways and endangering our kids physically or emotionally. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would give us a strong biblical moral compass that points us to living and walking in the discipleship journey you have called us and our children to. We pray we would not be swayed or conformed in beliefs that don't align with yours. Amen. Um, Proverbs 22.6 in the Amplified says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and in keeping with her, his, her individual gift or bent, and when he is old he will not depart from it. So the Hebrew form used for the phrase, in the way he should go, actually means his, her way. It refers to the child's particular bent, meaning a special way of doing something or the special way something was designed. So when shot from a bow, an arrow will travel in a particular direction depending on the bow's bent. This is designed into the bow. So if you try to bend a bow differently from the way it is bent, at best you'll miss your target. At worst, you could actually break the bow. So children like bows are designed by God with an individual bent and a set of gifts to be used for God's purposes. And we as parents are called to recognise their bent and to train our child according to the individual purpose and design. It's about getting to know each child and teaching him in a way that fits their personality, spiritual gifts, talents and interests or you know, their unique design that they have. We don't want to be tempted to go into the comparison trap and keeping up with everyone else with the social media hype, the highlight reels and the worldly expectations and standards. So we, well not really we, me, not Steve, but me, <laughs> I really succumb to trying to keep up with everyone else's extracurricular activities with our firstborn. You know, just because our friends were doing everything, their kids were doing a variety of activities. I mean, from tennis to toddle hop dancing, music appreciation, footy, gymnastics and more, I felt like I had to do them too. I think we had something on every day. And looking back, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Thankfully, I changed tack with the second and third kids. So we often practice and learn on the poor firstborns. Apologise to that, what they have to go through. <laughs> um, I remember um, our firstborn being at Auskick, and he was not engaged in the game at all. And someone said, oh, which one is your son? I said, oh, he's the one singing and dancing over there and skipping around, <laughs> making jokes and making everyone laugh. It was like... I mean, he did great in sport at different times, but it was like, you know, I think there's actually a different bent here, different spiritual gifts and talents that God has, has given him in that area. And yes, music was something that shone. And um, as time went on, we saw that musical gift. He asked for piano lessons and we pursued that. And it was much easier to go with the God-given talent. You know, God's given us all gifts and a purpose, for a purpose. And when we're using them for his kingdom, that's when we're the most fruitful and fulfilled. So let's pray. 
Holy Spirit, show us the gifts that you've given our kids. You put them in them when they were created in their mother's womb. Guide us to know how to shape and develop them for your purpose, glory, fruitfulness and fulfilment. Provide every resource needed for this to come to pass. Amen. And we do this in a church family too. As a mother sacrifices for her child, so too does the church sacrifice for its members. We give our time, our resources and our talents to help each other. When a child is learning to walk, we don't berate them when they fall over. We pick them up, we cuddle them, we encourage them to try again. You did so well, you know, well done, it's only one step, but you know. We don't get cross with them because they can't run a marathon or drive a car. And parents, we're so proud of our kids using their gifts. We used to uh, run in a kids' church big events in the auditorium, kids' events, and we'd get the kindy playing different people to come, the community to come, and so the kids would put on an item. And as soon as those kids got up there, it was like the paparazzi were up there. All these parents were running, taking photos, all the flashes going off, because we're just so excited about our kids and even from the smallest achievement. You know, when they're learning an instrument, you know, I learned violin, it was like screech, screech, screech. And your parents are like, that's so good, you're doing really well. They're not concerned that you don't sound like an orchestra virtuoso at that time. I remember with our, our kids who had three boys that I was really intentional that they would have life skills. <laughs> they wouldn't be like, oh, boys don't cook and have do anything domestic. And they absolutely loved that. But I remember at times thinking, oh, I need to go and cook dinner. I need to be really quiet, just waiting for that. As soon as they heard a noise, can I help you? And you'd be like, oh, no, you helping me is going to take three times longer than, oh, than doing it on my own quietly around the corner. But it was something that was, that was my job. That was my role, to develop and train them and disciple them and... And then watch as they practice and hone those gifts and use whatever they have, we've invested into them and get those skills. And that's a really important thing and that's paid off for us. Our kids are really good at the, those sort of things. But spiritual par um, parents, we have that responsibility too, to care for, nurture, provide spiritual guidance, support and encouragement to our church family members as it, we encourage them in their gifts, find out what that is and to... Um, guide them along and give them opportunities and then give them that encouragement and um, not be upset when things aren't done perfectly the first time, but have that grace. And as spiritual parents, sometimes we have to discern where people are spiritually and emotionally. It's not wise to hand a spiritual sword to an emotional infant. That's like handing the keys of a car to a toddler and expecting them to drive. They can't even see over the dashboard or reach the brakes. That would just be foolish. And we've seen the ramifications of this over time. We have to do the work of walking them through the various steps of growth and development. Must be patient, willing to forgive, to show compassion, and to extend grace to those who are struggling. Another thing, God is a God of order. He always has a long-term plan and a purpose for our lives. As a mum, I tried to be intentional. Start as you mean to go. I would think, 
God, what do you want my teen adult children to look like? Working back from there, what needs to happen? What steps and values do I need to put into place for that to be able to happen? And I looked at families in our discipleship community whose kids were older and their families resembled what I was believing for in the future. I met with some of the um, young men in the church who had, actually quite a few of them were one of three boys, and said, hey, what did your parents do well? What would, you, what would they change? What worked for you? I took these mums out and paid for lunch and took them out and just asked them questions, just picked their brains and said, what, what would you do? And asked for that wise counsel. And I was very blessed to be surrounded by many incredible people one person when I was kids' church pastor I met was um, a young girl in her 20s and she would tell me stories about her mum and her siblings and I just said to her, I need to meet your mum, she sounds amazing, so I took her out for lunch and she shared some things and some of those were really different to what was happening in people's lives around us but I purposed that if I was going to ask for wise counsel I would put it into place. Even things from not having sleepovers and not doing some of those things, getting different resources and courses. And it was a challenge to put them into place. Again, one of those things that's not popular, but I had very good reasons for safety, different things for not doing those things or doing certain things. We've been very honoured to have people ask us the same thing and we've seen beautiful families around us and it's a pleasure to watch. They stand out, especially in this day and age where so much is contrary to biblical standards. And we're blessed to be in a church where that happens, where people are willing to fill in the gaps. People are willing to spend time sharing their wisdom and their resources, praying for you, coming alongside you. There's so many here who are spiritual parents there's people that have even come along and have been like grandparents to those who haven't had it for various reasons. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for those in our community. We thank you for those to come around and scaffold and support. We, for those parents that are on their own, we feel support, that they would feel support of godly fathers and mothers, sisters and brothers, spiritual grandparents that they would know that they're not alone, that they can ask for that help and support and they can receive that. Amen. <laughs> well, Steve and I are in a new phase of parenting and grandparenting, which is the best. <laughs> grandparenting is such a unique space. You love them so much and it's incredible to see your own children become parents. And they realise that you love your children more than they will ever love you. And it comes with such a greater appreciation. They're like, wow, did you really do that? How did you do this? <laughs> you know? We have longevity, experience. We have runs on the board now. And we can look back. We can see what worked, what didn't. We can try to minimise regret. And looking back through time, one thing I can say is God is faithful. I know his ways work, from implementing his spiritual disciplines, financial ways, marriage and parenting values. 
We know that loving God and prioritising engaging and serving in his house brings great joy and fruitfulness. Let's pray. Lord, we really acknowledge that at this time, parenting is more difficult than ever, both in the natural and spiritually. So we have a greater need to put those biblical principles into place, to have Jesus at the centre, to have those spiritual disciplines of Bible, prayer, and being intentional to be engaged in godly discipleship community of like-minded people. We daily ask for wisdom and discernment and then strength and grace to walk in it unwaveringly. Bring godly people around us to help lead, guide and encourage. Bless each and every person here today, especially those mums, those of us who are mums and grandmums. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.